Uh, cool. Thank you for giving us some of your time today. We, we really appreciate it. No problem, man. It's COVID. I got all kinds of time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right. What do you I mean, we can do this for hours. Yeah. Well, that's what we used to we didn't used to talk about films so much we used to just talk about sports each week and then everything got shut down so we right. wound up going back through all of our favorite comedies of our lifetime we're all 1994 so american pie 2 is one of the standout ones for us so well, well good there's no Thank better you. person to speak to obviously than uh, the man himself <laughs> man behind the camera yeah happy to do it happy to do it so what can I what can I answer for you? Where where are you guys? I mean I know you're in England, but what parts? Um, so we're in uh, like Gloucestershire, so southwest. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I went to school at um, King's College downtown London. Oh okay. yeah. Oh nice. I just did a semester there, you know, a semester abroad kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it was cool. Nice. Enjoyed it. Yeah. So we know you directed American Pie 2, but you're obviously in for American Pie 1. So we wondered just to kind of start off how it was that you got involved with American Pie and if you could have believed then just how big it would be now. No, uh, it's funny. So what happened was, um, I think I had just done, there might've been one in between, but basically I just done something about Mary with the Fairley brothers. And yeah. so, um, Universal and the Whites Brothers were, you know, they were, the Whites Brothers were writers, and this is going to be their first uh, directing gig. So um, I think the feeling was within Universal and with the Whites was, let's find a guy that's done big comedies, because we want, you know, that kind of thing. And so I uh, went in and interviewed with them and uh, with Universal and Craig Perry, the producer, and you know, interview went well, and uh, they were gunning for somebody like me, and so the interview went well, so it was just kind of a no, no brainer, like, yeah. let's get this guy and put him on. Um, so that, you know, that was cool. So, and, you know, having done Mary, did I think American Pie was going to become what it did? No, of course not, but the script was goddamn funny, so, you know, let's, let's give it a run. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it came out, and we would have watched it say 10 years after it came out and it still held up perfectly for us we've all still loved it obviously still going back and watching it now so yeah what was what was the difference in in your role because you go on to be like the director of American Pie 2 so was yeah. that considered a big change or was it just like a natural step for you just to go into well, that role uh like a half year before that I directed a movie for Fox called Say It Isn't So with Chris yeah. Klein. I don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that movie. If you are, you're probably the only people in the world that are. <laughs> um, it, it, it did not do a lot of business. But um, so I had directed uh, a studio feature ahead of American Pie 2. So really what was happening with American Pie 2, it was interesting because they were like, well, we're not going to make a sequel. We're not going to make a sequel. We're not going to make a sequel. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're making a sequel. It was just like, <laughs> It was, it was the most bizarre thing. And so then it was um, Chris and Paul, I believe, were busy on another project, you know, the Whites Brothers. So they couldn't do it. And then it was, you know, they wanted to find somebody who had some connection to it. So I had just done a movie for Fox. And so it seemed like a natural fit to bring me in and yeah. have me direct the second one after Chris and Paul couldn't do it, you yeah. know. 
that seems crazy that they weren't going to, they weren't intent on doing a sequel. If there's any film that seems ready made to do a sequel, it's, it would seem to be that. You would think so. And it was, mm. it was really weird. I mean, the whole process on that film, like I said, we're not doing a sequel. We're not doing a sequel. Oh my God, we're doing a sequel. And uh, the timeline on it was totally crunched compared to how you would normally do a movie. Mm. So we get the call. Okay. We're doing a sequel. And you know, I went in and met with them and then, okay we're hiring you to direct it. I'm like, okay, this is, this is great. Where's the script? Uh, we don't have one. So <laughs> basically hers, Adam, hers, the guy that wrote the original and obviously he's deeply involved with all of them, you know, went into the laboratory and started coming up with the sequel. And so he and I would, you know, uh, have meetings like every week and he would show me what he was working on. And so he was slowly, you know, building the script. Um, but it was, everything was compressed. I mean, we kind of sort of barely had a finished script when we got going. Uh, wow. And so there, you know, there was a lot of meetings while we were shooting, like, you know, that scene that we're doing in a couple of days, it's okay, but what can we do to make it better? So at night after we get done shooting, we'd be kind of rewriting as we were going, particularly hers was. It's, it's mental <clears throat> or it's, it's amazing to think now that they didn't, want to make a sequel where if you think of the landscape of Hollywood now any film that makes any sort of money they, I think I mean, exactly they, that yeah, they're, yeah. They're signing, do you know what I mean there's some films you sign a three film deal before you've even released number one but anything that makes any sort of money now the sequel is on its way so it's For amazing sure. to think we're so not one Transformers 14 aren't we that's <laughs> what I mean and, yeah. no they're, kidding. They're I, mean, gonna, I, I don't know if it wasn't that they didn't want to make a sequel but the, the timeline to making the sequel was we're not doing it now Right. Okay. We're, we're going to, you know, we're going to wait a couple years or whatever, we'll wait a year or two. But then all of a sudden it's like, nope, we're doing it now. Let's, let's do it. So. I suppose that kind of, kind of adds extra. So we were going to ask whether, how much pressure they felt going into it. Bear in mind the success of the first, whether there was a feeling of pressure with the second one, but this kind of, I guess, with the short turnaround as well, I guess there was even more pressure. Yeah, I mean, there was, it was technical pressure. So yes, there, there's like financial pressure. And it's also not even financial pressure. It's that we had done this, we had created this world of American Pie that was so successful and we didn't want to let people down. I mean, yeah. forget financial pressure because that's kind of always there. But it was like, God damn, we can't, we can't screw this up. And that, that's why I think, you know, like talking about rewriting and then we did some reshooting uh, after we tested the movie, we had some scenes that weren't working, so we really got to work on that, rewrote some stuff, went in, reshot. Um, we were able to really elevate that movie after we were done shooting. Like, it was such a mad scramble to shoot, and we got that done. It's like, eh, that scene's still not working. We can do better. So, okay, let's work. Right. Now we have a little bit of time. Let's let's see how we can rewrite that scene or reconfigure that scene to make it better. And we were able to do that in, um, in post-production. So a lot of that movie got made in post really because it was such a rush to get it done and then realizing eh, that didn't quite work. Let's make that better. You know, we did, we did a number of scenes like that. It obviously worked out perfectly because not, not just that you're sat here with us, but we spoke about American Pie last week and we were saying that number two is our favorite of, of the bunch, which is oh, impossible awesome. usually to say that you prefer it to an original, but we thought that you got to see a bit more out of each character, and we wondered 
from your perspective, is it tough doing a sequel because you've had such success with the first one, but you don't just want to recreate the first one and do the exact same thing again? Yeah, we, we didn't want to just do the exact same thing. And look, there are some similarities in the movie because, you know, certain things were somewhat iconic to the first picture, yeah. like, you know, the whole internet thing and everybody's watching Jim and so we did the radio thing and we knew that was like, okay, we're kind of doing the same thing, but in a way it was kind of fun. It was, it was taking the original idea and like, well, how can we modify this and, and have it work within the story? So there are some things that are maybe a little too on the nose in terms of copying the first one, but you know what? It made people laugh. And I think yeah. a lot of it was them going, oh yeah, this is like the scene with the internet. Yeah, this is funny. Um, so yeah, sorry. What was the question? I lost. The no, just there. how, how you, well, you've answered, I suppose we were just saying about making a sequel without making it the exact same. We thought that you did a great job of that. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, you know, a lot of that was hers. I'm trying to think how the idea of the summer, oh, well, the summer cottage thing, that was kind of a combo. I believe, I don't want to step on Hersey, but I think that was a combo between me and him because he's from Michigan where people go to summer cottages and I'm from Indiana and it's the same kind of thing. So we both knew that kind of lifestyle as it were that during the summer people will rent cabins and, you know, just kind of spend the summer there. So yeah, we were able to put both our life experiences together with that and go, yeah, yeah, that's now that's a good scenario for our guys. Let's get them, you know, to the cabin and get them all back together. So that worked out. I know you said that um, he did a lot of the writing, particularly for the first one. And we thought yeah. one of the best things really about American Pie is how relatable each individual character is. So like, everyone is going to relate to at least one of the characters there. And right. whether that was a specific thing that you kind of had to work on, because in the second one, you push it that bit further, but you make sure you don't push it too far without making it completely unbelievable and you can't have any relations to the characters anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we wanted to expand those characters and we wanted to comment on what it's like to get just even at one uh, year older, you know, out of high school. Um, and once again, hers and I just kind of called on our, our experience of that. And that's really what uh, the uh, Tara Reid, um, Thomas Ian Nicholas storyline comes from. It's that idea that you're in love with somebody in high school and then, you know, you go to college and you you know, broaden your horizons a little bit yeah. and so that's kind of where that storyline came from just taking those characters one more year older which doesn't sound like a lot but going from high school to college is like this major change and so yeah we kind of use that for all the characters except for stifler who never changes yeah. at all right i mean <laughs> just, just always he's just always stifler so um yeah that was something we thought that it seemed there was at least a little bit of kind of extra maturity about each character other than Stifler, as you noted. Yeah. In there, whilst at the same time, there's still obviously these kind of hapless young guys who are still getting into the same sort of trouble. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's interesting because it's all of them have a bit of a callback to what happened in the first one, but we take it all to another level. Like, you know, Finch is in love with Stifler's mom. Okay, that was funny in the first one, but okay, what, can we push that out, you know, one more step, you know? And Jim's, Jim's in love with Nadia, 
we know that from the first one, he's obsessed with her, but he's missing the person that really loves him that's right in front of him. So we push that out to another step, you know? Mm. Um, so, you know, that was just, it was fun to do. And um, part of my intention with the way the movie shot is that from a visual production design standpoint, actor standpoint, you could, you could mash those two movies together and they would look and and feel of the same thing, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Which was important. I, do think... I didn't want it to look like a totally different movie. You know, a lot of people yeah. are like, well, you got to put your own stamp on it. I'm like, no, I don't have to put my own stamp on it. I want to stamp it as an American Pie movie, you know? Yeah, it's still got to fit that format, doesn't it? That's the yeah. same sort of ethos, yeah. There's a brilliance. There is a brilliance in that in the relatability to the characters where it looks the same in that, as you say, it's a transformative year going from from school to university as it would be here or school to college but most most people when you've got an old group of friends when you come back together no matter right you all fall into into habits and it all falls back into old roles and old habits so the film's looking similar plays to that effect as well because i think everyone's got that whether you, it's kids you went to school right. with or, or college you meet each other after five years and then suddenly it's like you're all back and you're that age again so there is yeah, yeah, so it looking similar and giving it that feel does out build into that that they are still one in this. There is one in the same sort of thing. Yeah, no, that was really important to me, and I and I kind of took a lot of you know, flack for that. And I was like, no, this is the. I think this is the right way to do the movie is have it feel like the first one, visually, yeah. design wise, wardrobe, you know, everything. I didn't try to reinvent the wheel because um, I, I wanted it to be of the first one, you know. Was so we actually any, did, sorry. we would do shots. I don't know if you guys even notice this, but we would do the reverse of a shot that we did in the first one. There's a scene, there's two parties at Stifler's house. One's in American Pie 1 and one's in 2. There's yeah. a Steadicam steady shot in each one. But if you look at the first shot, it's going a certain direction. I can't remember exactly technically, like it's either following Stifler or leading Stifler or whatever it is. And then in the second party in American Pie 2, we flipped the camera around and did the exact same shot, but looking a different direction. So we yeah, were now having, you said it. We were in the first, yeah. yeah. In the first one, I think like, it leads. He leads. He leads the shot in the first one. Uh, yeah. No, wait. Camera follows yeah. and tracks him. Yes. Yeah, it does. I yes. Can't, honestly, I can't remember. All I, all I remember is purposely I did the exact same shot, just flipped. I can remember this. I can remember that loud shirt he wears in the first one. So whoever was doing the wardrobe, that very nineties shirt that you that he's managing to wear, um, yeah. in both in both of them. So there's a few little uh, like Easter eggs like that, you know, yeah. um, that are kind of fun. What's it? Both times he ends up humiliating Sherman as well. Poor guy. <laughs> hmm? Oh yeah, Sherman, the Shermanator. <laughs> awesome. Was it anything to do with the success of the first one in that? We seem to see a lot more of Stifler. Like he's obviously one of the standouts in the first one, and it looks like that's kind of been realised. And so you give the people what they want, and you get a lot more yeah. of Stifler the second time around. Yeah, you, you you give them as much Stifler as the movie can handle. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sean just left off the screen in the first one. I mean, he, you know, in the first one, it was a written character. His name is Stifler, and he's in X amount of scenes. And so Sean got the role, and we did X amount of scenes. And then you just realize how popular the character is. And it's like, well, we're going to have to give Stifler some more scenes in this one. You just, yeah, got to do it. Thinking um, of 
Stiff, kind of, so many comedy films since then have kind of tried to recreate a Stifler type character with kind of mixed success. Do you feel yeah. kind of, I mean, you've kind of laid out a blueprint for that. I know Luke said all the characters are quite relatable as well. They're all kind of that in-between social group where they're, they're not the really popular guys. They're not the really nerdy guys. They're somewhere in between where kind of everybody can relate to that. And there seems yeah. to be a blueprint laid out that, that so many films have tried to follow since. I think part of it is Stifler, Stifler worked in the first one so well, probably because there isn't too much Stifler. And I think mm. in what you're talking about is where people say, we're going to make an entire movie about Stifler. Yeah. And even yeah. in American Pie 2, we don't make the entire movie about Stifler, no matter no. how popular it is. That would have been a huge yeah. mistake. Like, yeah. It's totally Stifler's movie? No, no, no. It's what you guys were talking about earlier. It's about coming back together and falling back into those same kind of uh, patterns and habits that you had with you guys in high school. Yeah. So, It'd yeah, be kind Stifler, of like hanging around with Stifler, wouldn't it? It'd be, he'd be great fun for a little bit, but you wouldn't want an entire weekend with him probably. He's a bit much now. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's that, that jump cut when uh, when they go, they, they go. Uh, what's Tommy and Nicholas says, we're going to the lake. And, and yeah. well, how are we going to afford it? And, and we got one more. I got one more guy, right? <laughs> Stifler hasn't been in the movie yet. And then we hard cut to Stifler hanging out at the top of the Broncos screaming, you know. And you're like, ah, here we go. You you referenced the kind of you go we go radio scene. What what was that like to film? Because I can imagine with the reactions off camera and everything, it would have been just as much fun to film as it was for us seeing it back afterwards. Oh, that was that was that was great. Um, you know, we have, what do we have? The guys on the lap. You know, where it got really fun, I got to tell you, is um, putting in the uh, cutaways, the people that aren't involved in the scene, like <laughs> the father in the backyard, <laughs> you know? That, that's where we, we took the original idea, and yes, we copied it, I admit, but then we strapped on a couple extras in that, you know? Um, so that that was really fun. I think that, the you know, I can't remember that actor's name. He's very good, but I think he probably gets the most laughs in that sequence. The father in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say with um, that as well. Um, we saw that there were some scenes that didn't make it just by reading the kind of general trivia, and they say that there was some scenes filmed with um, Stifler's dad was going to be involved that didn't make it through. What was kind yeah. of the context of that? And why did people hate it, I suppose, to not make the it to the film? The context was, uh, it was Sean Penn's brother um, played the role. And um, what happened was, I, we when we tested it the first time, people just didn't react very well to the character. And I think part of it was we were trying to give Stifler some kind of context of why Stifler is the way he is. His dad was more outrageous than he was. Uh, and I don't think people cared. Mm. They just they didn't care that why Stifler is the way Stifler is. It, it was, it just became just kind of a dead spot in the movie. And so that was what I was talking about when we went back and reshot some stuff. That was one of the first things. We just did not get any good reactions out of that character, unfortunately. I think anybody could have played the character. And people just weren't interested in having Stifler's psychology explained. You know, and that's kind of what it was. It was like, Stifler is the way he is because look at his dad. And yeah. everybody's, everybody's like, no, who cares? 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> they just, yeah, like, they just like Stifler. And um, yeah. you don't need to explain him. And like I said, we, like, we put that movie together so fast. We thought that was uh, a legitimate comedic kind of thing to do with Stifler. And it was like, eh, nobody cared about explaining him. Let it go. No, I mean that that is a bit mm. I mean this, is that not a, is that not probably one of the best compliments to the character though that they don't need any he doesn't need any rhyme or reason he, yeah. people are just happy he's there they if they need to empathize with him maybe they want to see where he's come from but they don't they like him that much so they don't need to see the rhyme or the reason or the makeup it's just let him be there and let him run and let him have fun Yeah I mean that's what we were trying to do we were trying to explain Stifler and nope nobody cared like okay <laughs> I mean, that was after our first test. That was the that was the first thing we, we were going to do. It's just got to take Stifler's dad out of the movie. It's just it's not working. Wow. You know? We read that it was also removed that um, Oz and Heather cheat on each other in the movie, and that was taken yeah. out. Was was that to kind of carry on with the a lot can change in a year, or was it yes. just a yeah? That's exactly what it was. It's exactly that, and. Um, what we found with testing was audiences like those two characters. They like them being together. And we kind of had that going with uh, the Tara Reid storyline, if you know what I mean. They didn't yeah, cheat yeah. on each other, but they've been dating other people. So it was taking that to one more degree of cheating on someone. But it, those two storylines were just kind of kind of not distinct enough. And then yeah. people like those two characters being together. So we just decided... Let's just flip it. So we've got Thomasy and Nicholas, and we've got Tara who are having trouble, quote unquote. So let's let these two not yeah. have trouble. And yeah, it was it was that. Thinking of uh, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, thinking of Oz. We know you didn't direct the third movie, but we were always kind of a little bit surprised that he seemingly wasn't asked back. Do you know anything about like why that was? I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm not trying to snowball you guys, but I can't remember. Did he have another job he was on or did they, they purposely not hire him back? I honestly can't remember. I was not, I was not involved in the third one at all. So, Was there, a, just more importantly, I mean, as with yourself, was there a particular reason why, I, I mean, I don't know, so I'm sorry if I'm about to ask you a question that's awkward. But yeah. uh, was there a particular reason why sort of no, no involvement for you with the third one? Was it they, studio? Yeah, the studio wanted to go a different direction. I had some other projects I was working on. Okay. It just, it, it, you know, it was, I probably would have done it. But uh, mm. at the time, they really liked Jesse Dillon, who had just directed um, the Will Ferrell soccer movie for them. Oh, yeah. uh, Kicking and Screaming. Uh, Kicking and Screaming. Yeah, is that what it was called? He yeah. had just done that for them. So, um, I guess they just thought he was the guy to do the third one, you know? Okay. Yeah. With, so you get kind of the strength of the character Stifler in particular that branches off, not just into other characters and other films, but you get all of the American Pie Presents films afterwards. Yeah. Yourself being kind of involved in the main one, how do you view those? Do you, just a completely separate thing? Because people yeah. kind of say when they talk about American Pie, the main three and then don't so much talk about the other ones. Yeah. The, the, the direct to video ones, once again, I, you know, I didn't have anything to do with, but you guys already put your finger on it. It's like, why aren't we doing a sequel? Well, what's, what's another form of sequel are these direct to videos, 
you know? Yeah. I, I've, I've honestly not seen one of them, not because I am boycotting them or anything. I just yeah. haven't watched one. So I don't, I don't know. Do they hold up? Have you guys seen them? Yeah, we've had um, we've had this conversation, and yeah. if there's two of them, that if you took American Pie out of the title, they would probably be a lot more well received. It's just because it's American Pie presents, people right. see American Pie, and the automatic connection is to your the three that or the two that you're involved with, and the third, and then yep. it's a very much it's not the same. But the I do think off. if they were stand yeah, if they were standalone, people would be like, oh, they're okay. There's a director video mm. film. They were yeah. on Netflix or something. People are probably, oh, they're okay. But I think the American Pie tag probably kills them a little bit. Yeah, they probably, it's a kind of a high bar to jump yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I know they had Eugene in every one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's so good. He's great. <laughs> he is brilliant. <laughs> he's great. Well, what's he like as kind of a, a person? To, is he much like he's his really character? Tough. He's really, 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 really tough. And I mean that in the best way, because he is so goddamn funny that <laughs> if you're not on your game, like with the script or with how you are staging a scene or um, the delivery of certain lines, he, you know, he'll talk to you about it. Um, having said that, that doesn't mean he's hard to work with. He's great to work with. He's fantastic. But he is a professional. He's a professional comic. He's a writer himself, as you guys know. And um, so I've loved working with him. And I know Biggs loved working with him, too, for the, for the same reasons, that when those two have scenes together, they're just bouncing off each other, you know? And um, totally enjoyable. Love working with Eugene. It's like, you know, working with uh, Jim Carrey or uh, Viggo Mortensen. They're they're so good at what they do that you've got to make sure you're right there with them, you know, and it's great. Yeah, you really just kill every scene. Yeah. And then hmm? you've got Sean William Scott, who it seems on the other hand, at least from kind of the, the trivia you read, that he's a barrel of laughs to work with, and it sounds like he was making people laugh just as much while trying to film it as he was for the audience yeah. watching it. Sean's... Sean, look, every, I have nothing bad to say about any of those actors in that in those films. They were all great to work with, delightful, funny as hell. Tara Reid would play this game with me where we would uh, block a scene, and then she'd come up to me and she'd go, 17. I'm like, mm, I think it's more like 20. And it was uh, setups to shoot the scene. So she would <laughs> play this game with me. After we rehearsed the scene, how many shots? How many shots? You know, I don't think she seventeen. No, maybe I think twenty. So uh, they were all great, all great. Were there any scenes in there that you thought about pulling? Whether you thought, oh, are we pushing it too far? And no. you're glad you left them in, or anything like no. that? No, because so here's the deal, guys. Uh, especially with comedy, you got to test it. Okay, yeah. so when I cut a movie I cut it long like I don't care if it's let's say it's three hours long uh and then what I do is and Universal didn't know I did this so but they know now but uh, I'll tell you so <laughs> I what I would do is I would uh take them to a local theater and I would recruit an audience just like I would be on the street with flyers and have people help me and we'd recruit an audience 
and then we would uh, have the form that you know they use for real test audiences. Mm. We had that, and I would show it to you know once, and then get all the reactions. And you learn so much just by sitting in a theater, listening when people are laughing, not laughing. You get and not even laughing. You can read their body language. You know that's that's huge, and you can pull the vibe off of them. And so then. I would go and I would cut the movie based on my own little test screenings. And so then once we get to the official test screening with the studio, I already know what, what it's going to be. But to answer your question, especially with comedy, there'll be scenes that you think are awful. You think there's not a laugh in here. You're sitting in the editing room and you're like, God, this scene's awful. We should cut it out. Like, you got to fight your own instincts because there's a good chance they're wrong, particularly with comedy. Um, so you go ahead and you just leave it in, you test it, and you'll be surprised scenes that you thought the audience was going to love, they don't like, and things, and vice versa, right? And mm. so you let the audience tell you um, where to go with, with that kind of stuff. And this is particularly in comedy. I think more in drama, you um, you kind of have to have your own convictions a little bit because you don't get the same reactions from an audience. You know, the vibe feel and the laughs in a drama. So you, yeah. you're a little more dependent on your own convictions. But with comedy, man, you can tell right away. And you'll be, you will be very surprised. Scenes that you thought were going to die are great and vice versa. So to answer your question, is there anything that I would have put back into that movie? No. Or taken out? No. Because I... I I saw it with enough audiences that I know what was working. Yeah, nice. The, yeah. the soundtrack was obviously massive again in the second mm. one, following on from the first one. And mm -hmm. we, we spoke about, um, it was Hot Tub Time Machine actually the other week, and the struggles they had trying to get the songs where they were going back into the 80s. And I was thinking for the soundtrack for this, it's probably just as big for the artists involved to be part of the American Pie soundtrack, especially following the first one. Yeah, as it was for yourself to have the songs that you would like to be in the movie. Yeah, um, it was that was one of the best experiences of my life was doing the soundtrack because mm -hmm. I got to pick every song in that movie, and I basically had a box of CDs that Universal <laughs> gave me, like demos, you know, album, whatever. And on the weekends or whatever, I would just put them in. And I would listen to them, and I'd go, let's do that one there. And then we go in the editing room, we drop it in. How's that work? Yeah, it's good. Let's try this other one. Boom. And that was incredible that, in essence, they opened the vault on that. They, there was, like, no restrictions. Because they, they knew it's going to be a big sequel. They knew that. So yeah. music-wise, and obviously it's important to American Pie is music. So they're like, here's a box of stuff. Go crazy. And... Yeah, it was fantastic. I Usually when you do a movie, you're in the editing room, you start dropping pieces onto certain scenes. You know, you, Rolling Stones will just say, you know you can't get that, but it's, it's so good, it's so good. But you know they're not going to pay for it. It was the exact opposite with this. It was like, yeah. whatever you want, we'll pay for it. That's amazing. It was cool. It was cool. Adds it was a lot more to the film as well, because if you brought mm -hmm. the same film out, probably with a weaker soundtrack, probably not going to do the exact same now because there's certain songs that you'll associate with it much like you do in the first one so it all holds up perfectly 
Yeah, yeah. What do we start with? Blink-182, I think, right off the bat, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, every time yeah. I look for you right at the start. Yeah, it's like, okay, let's just, let's just hit them with Blink-182 right off the bat. <laughs> because, also because they were in the first movie, right, with the monkey. Um, you know, it's like, okay, guys, it's, you're going to be okay. It's, yeah. We're going to take care of you. Here's Blink-182 right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, it is. You, know? you said about the audience screening, so you knew what was going to do well. Was there still any nerves when the film kind of dropped on that opening weekend? And I mean, I'm only basing it off watching Entourage, where they're frantically <laughs> waiting around for the numbers, so we don't know what it's like to be in your shoes, I suppose. No, because, well, look, there's always, like, is people just not going to show up? I didn't ever think that. But based on the test screenings, we were scoring, like, 98 or something? I don't know. We were one of the highest testing comedies of all time that Universal's ever had. Like they're like, this is these numbers are unbelievable. I'm talking about after we did the reshoots and yeah. reimagining mm. and all that that I already talked to you guys about. We we were like at 98 or something. It was ridiculous. And that if, if you're anywhere in the 90s, you're gonna do great. But we were at almost a hundred. It's like we're fine. We're good. You know? Nice. And yeah. do you take a different sense of pride when you're the director, it's your name on the poster when you search on IMDb, as opposed to being a producer, or is it the same thing for you if you're involved in the film, then it's kind of... Well, look, directing's the most fun job you can have in the film business, I think. So, yeah, I mean, it's always better when it says directed by, but, yeah. you know, work, I work with Pete Fairley all the time, and I take producing credit, and, you know, that's that's fine. That You know, that that is that's... That's great, but sure, you, yeah, directing, that's where it's at, man. Yeah, I mean, just looking at your, like, credits on IMDb before we did this, it's, like, unbelievable. Some of the, like, Dumb and Dumbers, another one that, that jumped yeah. out. That's another film that we've been speaking about recently, so yeah, you've really well, been involved in some of our favorite comedies <laughs> of all time. I know. I mean, hooking up with the Farrelly brothers, that was a totally random chance. Um I just interviewed with, I don't even think Bob was there that day. I think it was just Pete. I just interviewed with him and, you know, we hit it off and they called me like a few days later and said, okay, we've talked to everybody. You're the guy. Look, certainly changed my life. You know, I like to think hopefully I help Pete, you know, do what he's done and Bob and uh, it's been a hell of a partnership. And then it rolled me into, you know, directing my own stuff as well. So it's been great. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no, per, I mean, producing wise, it's, it's for me, it's like, I, I kind of only want to do it with people I know, because it's, you know, it's just easier that way, you have a common language. Uh, but no, directing is definitely the, be the best job. In terms of just as we, we are talking about in terms of the Faraday brothers and the, the night your involvement with them. Yeah. I know it's been after that, but especially the night is when we look at Dumb and Dumber, and there's something about Mary, probably. Uh, what one of arguably two of the biggest comedies of the last 25 years are they they genuinely just seem like legitimate geni legitimate comedic geniuses the way yes. they seem to put everything together i mean if you look at the cast uh, no they've got other films as well that we can throw in but that you uh, me myself and irene and so on but now don't forget about kingpin that's the best okay <laughs> well we'll we'll agree well i do i like the film but i will agree to We'll agree, we'll agree to disagree in terms of the best. Um, but no, in, like in terms of the way they set things up, 
I will give, I will say actually, Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson gives a great turn in Kingpin. Yeah. Um, whilst I think on it, but just the way they set things up, working with them first, did it make things? Was there ever a time you were looking to call back to that and directors yeah. you've worked with and say this is what you think they do, or ever take any advice from them, or did you want it to all be your own thing? No, not- no, absolutely not. I mean, the, um, we we kind of you ask you asked me a question earlier about like cutting stuff out or yeah taking it too far or whatever what i learned from pete and bob was you can't take it too far you you should you should push it out at all times and then like i've already talked about you can pull it back in the editing room or after a test you can always bring it back you can't you can't push it out in the editing room right yeah so that's really what i learned from those guys that you know you know, Mary's hair, right? Okay. Is going to work? Like, what, how's the audience going to react? Well, I don't know. Let's do it. Let's gel up her hair and make it hard. And, and you know, Cameron wasn't thrilled with that. And it's like, okay, well, we'll shoot it at different levels. We shot it like kind of, kind of pasted and then medium and then super hard. And what worked? The audience went super crazy, hard. super hard, right? Yeah, of course. So have we not done that version i mean the same thing happened in american pie one um with jim fucking the pie okay (laughs) that was it used to be uh the way it was written it was off camera so eugene comes into you know you set up he looks at the pie hard cut to eugene coming through the door going oh 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 never see him doing the pie and we were on the set that day and we all started talking and we're like Let's just do a couple shots and fucking a pie. <laughs> we're here. We got ham. We got a pie. Let's just do it. Yeah. This is what I mean by you know just just do it. Push it out. There, you know? I do you think uh, that then in the second one with the super glue scene as well. Where yeah. it's like surely not. And then <laughs> yeah. When you've done a scene like that, do you immediately know right? This is going to be sort of iconic. Uh no, you don't. Like I said, you got you. I mean, to my taste, you have to test it. Um, the thing is, like with the pie scene, we had the exact same material uh, with Eugene coming through the door. So yeah. we could have, if it didn't work, we could have yeah. not had have sex with the pie, right? Yeah. The audience yeah. went, oh, my God, that's so disgusting. Because sometimes you get laughs like that that are laughs, but they're really grossed out, and they think you pushed it too far, and it's, it's a different laugh. You can feel yeah. it. Um, but in that case, or so in that case, we could have, we had all the material, we could have edited it just like it was written, but clearly him having sex with the pie was a killer. So <laughs> there you go. Kept it in. It seems, um, like now knowing the film, knowing how the, the film shot and how it is now, it seems very obvious to say that, yeah, of course, that's, of course, that's the answer. That's always good. That was always going to be the answer, but when it's not written like that, to then nope. go and do it, like you think a lot of credit because Jason Biggs kind of been very old when he's doing number one. <laughs> you sort of have to think a lot of credit for him being to be like, yeah, I don't know how game, I don't know how game and how into it he was, but just to be like, yeah, okay, I'll go and do that because he could well, have said, no, 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 I'm not doing it, and then you think, <laughs> oh god. There's a famous Biggs has a famous quote of something along the lines of, "The only thing I remember about fucking the pie was J.B. Rogers coming in and pulling my underwear down for <laughs> we wanted more ass crack." 
right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're, you know, well, what do you guys think? Oh, it'd be good to see some more ass. Okay. <laughs> so I walk in there and I <laughs> pull, pull his underwear down further. Yeah. Well, so yeah. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have it. No, it's, I mean, I imagine he's had karma Wednesday afternoons or whenever that was shot. But <laughs> no, as you say, once you see it, it does make, as strange as it sounds to me to say the sentence, but it makes complete and utter sense that Jason Biggs having sex with the pie was the way to go. But yeah. it, it, but it, it wasn't in the script. No. And we, were, we weren't going to shoot it till we got there that day. No, exactly. And it's it's, it's amazing. Idea, you know, like it's, we're here. We, yeah. we, I've got this expression. We came all this way. We came all this way, guys. Just fuck the pie. If, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You don't have to use it. We've got the other material. We can we can edit it exactly how it's scripted. But we're here. And, and speaking to people who are involved in films, as we do, it's one of my favorite things about it is finding something like that, especially with that scene, that's basically changed. It is one of the reasons that a film franchise has started and has changed yeah. cinema and changed changed the cultural, like genuinely. The first, those first three films entered the zeitgeist and became a cultural phenomenon, like the things that Stifler says, some of the songs and so on. And to think that that changed on a dime because one day you're at work, you're, you're at work and you think, oh, fuck it, let's, let's get a shot of him having sex with a pie. Little things like that that can change off an idea in the moment. Yeah, well, it changed the title of the film too. Yeah. Well, there yeah, you I go, mean, yeah. The film was called Great Falls, uh, East Great Falls Great High Falls, or Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that's what it was the entire time we were shooting it. And then yeah. all of a sudden in post-production, universal marketing geniuses in this case said, let's just change the title. American Pie. Okay. Yeah. Which that never happens is. unless you, you have yeah. that idea. So it's amazing that someone on, on a dime, basically, that has changed, changed comedy, changed cinema, changed, probably changed people's careers for the last 20, 21 years. It's, yeah. it's amazing just to find out something it seems such a little idea in the moment how big a ripple effect it really does have. Right. Yeah. That was, that's a huge one. It definitely yeah. was. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I credit everybody's balls in that case, just saying, yeah, let's just do it. Let's do and it. Because look, yeah. Biggs didn't sign on to have himself film fucking a pie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> hey, Jason, come here. Hey, we gotta... see you has that conversation <laughs> to tell him, like, this is <laughs> what we want to do here. <laughs> We got an idea. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think with um, teen comedies now? Because you look at the genre itself, and the last kind of massive one was probably super bad. I know Booksmart came out, but it was a little bit different. And do you think either the bar's been set too high with some of the ones we've had before that it's hard to match that now, or just people's tastes are changing because you don't quite get as many as you did in kind of the early 2000s where you had all these great teen comedies coming out. Right. Well, I think two things on this one, the Fairley brothers were such geniuses of pushing the envelope in a tasteful, untasteful way. You know, the beauty of the Fairley brothers is all their films have a really, really good heart. Right. Mm. And so they, there's some outrageous stuff in them. And then Chris and Paul, lovely guys. They have fantastic hearts as well. And, and so whenever you're pushing these envelopes, you always have that heart to fall back on, whether it's Fairly Brothers or American Pie. 
you have some realism, some heart to it. I think what happened was a lot of people saw these movies and they said, oh, we'll just push the envelope. We'll mm -hmm. have it, we'll do the next outrageous thing. And they didn't have the heart to fall back on sometimes. And so it just became a series of gags yeah. of a, like a nuclear arms race. Like who can do the grossest thing next? You know? yeah, one of the American yeah, pies, they end up drinking a bucket of horse semen is one of the finales of the American pie beta house one. So yeah. that's probably as far as you can push it, I suppose. Yeah, well, we had Woody drink bull semen in Kingpin. So, I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're stealing, I guess, but that's okay. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that really started to happen. Like, Superbad has great heart, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It really does. It's got a great internal story about these two guys. And, and so it works. But I think really what happened was everybody said, oh, it's the outrageous comedy that's selling these things. And yes, it is. But there's a base that that's working off of. Yeah. And they, they lost those bases. And they just said, let's just another gag, another gag, another gag. Yeah. And it's like, hmm. I mean, look, if, if uh, you know, um, Ted is not madly in love with Mary in, in something about Mary, there's no heart to that story, right? Mm. Yeah. Given that, you can bounce and do all these crazy stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think that's hugely important. And I think that's probably why there's been a bit of a drought. It's, it's, you got to find a, a, a good story, a good heart to, to yeah. bounce. Definitely. Well, thank you for giving us so much of your time today. We really appreciate sure. yeah, it. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right, guys. Well, good luck with everything. Thank and, you. Uh, you too. Hope uh, lockdown treats you well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I was just in New Zealand. We were just putting together the next, um, the next Pete Fairley movie, but we, got, we had to push till January. Just, just got a little too crazy with the oh, wow. lockdowns and everything. So anyway, all right, guys. Take it easy. Yeah. Thanks, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, Take thanks. Care. Cheers. Okay,